Hi again. It's <laughs> it's Jokerman <laughs> podcast. I'm Evan. I'm still Ian. And it's Tiff Siegfrieds joining us in Paris in 1978 in the summertime. Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. When we last left, Tiff was about to say something. Yeah, something. So here we are. I forgot this major part of my introduction. When you said I was a gallerist, I forgot to tell you that I also founded something called the Bob Dylan Museum, which is a Facebook page. <laughs> You're a little aware of Bob's painting um, yeah. practice. Oh, we're aware. We're, 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 we're aware. You're super aware? We know. That. Well... I was living in Copenhagen, I guess it was in like the late, like 2008 or nine. And he had this show at this museum, the National Museum um, gave him like a huge retrospective. Evidently they blew like their entire budget for a year. The director of the museum got fired because he was just a huge Dylan fan. So he was like, we'll give him a painting show. And there were these Bob Dylan like banners all over Copenhagen, but just for the show. And I could never pronounce the name of this museum. So I just started calling it the Bob Dylan Museum. <laughs> then I made a Facebook page that was like tagged, like location tagged for this museum. So people check in and out of the Bob Dylan Museum all the time, but people have found this Facebook page and they always send, I mean, I don't check in on it that much. I used to, but they'll send like, I have this rare archive of Bob material for your museum. Like they think Whoa. it's a real museum. Wow. So you're like the you, the Tulsa Museum people. Like you could have just been them. You the could have been those, yeah, I met those people and I told them, <laughs> you don't need to waste your time with this. It already exists. Well, if you want to start accepting uh, donations uh, to the Bob Dylan Museum, we're happy to take them off your hands and, and begin the Jokerman, uh, the Jokerman archive. The Jokerman Institute. <laughs> Is there a way to forward um, Facebook messages or... They haven't updated that. You got to screenshot it and send it. (laughs) (laughs) You can just sort through. Yeah. We'll just start a a, a file, an archive. Well, we're back to talk about the uh, the 1978 tour once again. Uh, This is normally as longtime listeners know, the part of the show when we talk about the cover of the album. Oh, right. There is no cover of the album here. In lieu of that... I would like to bring to the forefront oh, Evan's beautiful Christmas gift to me. Oh, right, yeah. From this last year. It's a real that? live, genuine 1978 tour program. Wow. That, that's right. That Evan sent to me. It's shinier than I, It's very shiny, actually. It is shiny. It's big, it's glossy, it's beautiful. Um, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. Well, here. describe uh, the cover. You know, it's like this it's is the aesthetic choices that Bob Dylan was making at the time. Right. Maybe we can post a you know little Instagram uh, thing of that. I think I posted this uh-huh. before, but wasn't there like a song you would sing when you put your hands like that up in the air <laughs> in your bedroom? Uh, they're probably like a like a like a kindergarten kind of song or something like that. Well, I don't know. Is it up in the air, Junior Bird? Whatever. You're doing pretty good there. Well, it's like the thing with your hands flipped upside down and you make a little, like, an, a little mask for yourself. Yes. For some reason, Bob decided that was the image on the cover of this, uh, this, this program, which is the most disgusting His kind of like thumb looks really cocaine kind of thumbnails yeah. that look like absolute shit, but it's a beautiful look. Also, the back cover 
one of my favorite oh, images beautiful. of Bob that I've ever seen. Yeah, it's just Bob peeking through some leaves. <laughs> just his little eye. Just his little blue eye. That that old blue eye. Old blue eyes. That's what they call him. Um, besides that, you know, it's just a bunch of pictures and stuff uh, on the inside. There's a couple good ones. There's this one of him. He's laying down. He's playing backgammon oh, shirtless. He looks like Sid Barrett there. It's pretty It's cool. It's quite a look. I don't know if High all contrast, of these... High contrast, black and white. Yeah, it's a nice picture. Um, I don't know if all of these pictures... I don't. In fact, I don't think all of these pictures are from this particular era, such as these ones of him with... <laughs> oh, I don't think that picture is clearly from 1966. 1978. Where he's, he's sitting he's standing next to Allen Ginsberg. Allen Ginsberg. Here's one of him yeah. with old George. George. I think that's 71. That's, that's the that's picture that the cover is that's the on Greatest, uh, Hits, Greatest Hits Volume 2. two. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of like interview, like, uh, clips and stuff like that, uh, sprinkled throughout, uh, as well as like that picture oh. with the beret or whatever that kind of hat is right there. Oh, there he is in Pat Garrett. And Pat Garrett. Exactly. It's really just a beautiful kind Another of photo. Another beautiful album. Yeah. Pat That's Garrett's true. great. This one, oh, these are these are a couple immaculate ones. He's got the fish. The fish. Well, it, beautiful. Is that two pictures of him fishing? I don't think so. I think the bottom one. Oh, the, this one the over here on the one, side. He's got, also got a fishing rod, he, right? This is this is uh, this is Rolling Thunder. I think they're having like their little picnic along holding? the river. Uh, what is he holding? Uh, oh, it is a fishing rod. You got two You're Bob right. fishing pictures. Wow, back to back. Bob the fisherman. He's just like uh, if this was his uh, Hinge or Tinder profile. He's he's really leaning on the fishing aspect of his life. <laughs> this is maybe my favorite right here. The the one of Dylan pressed up against in a phone booth. He's in a phone booth with his, with nose, his nose up, up against, against the glass. glass, like like a rowdy old mutt, just looking trying <laughs> trying to get to the the squirrels the, the, outside. The steak or the, yeah, the um, ch- children. <laughs> yeah, this is really it's really an incredible uh, an incredible document here, and then this final oh man, that all high so contrast, great. just staring right at you. We got to use that Eyes. one as the like picture for this. The cover art. Uh, it's also got the credits for the tour here uh, at the very at the very back. So we've got uh, we got Bob Dylan on guitar, harmonica, vocals. We got Billy Cross on the guitar, Ian Wallace drums, Alan Pasqua keys, Jerry Chef bass, Stephen Souls guitar and vocals, David Mansfield on the pedal steel, Steve Douglas on the sax, Bobby Hall percussion, Helena Springs, Joanne Harris, and making her first appearance in the Bob Universe. One Carolyn Dennis. Wow. On on vocals. Wow. Future Mrs. Bob Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Bo- the Miss Bob Dylan pageant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's we'll we'll let that one sit. Um, <laughs> Tiff, you are uh, by default the um, the current front runner of Miss Bob Dylan. Uh, wow. Because uh, is it the scarf or? Is yeah, I yeah, just a combination of factors, I would say. Oh. <laughs> including the scarf. My belt <laughs> says Bob on it. I didn't mention that. Your belt says Bob on it? You've won. You're now Miss Bob Dylan. Uh, Damn. 2022. Yes, we can end this here. I didn't realize. Where even were we in, in in this show? Well, you were bringing up uh, Like a Rolling Stone, I think, which was our, our next uh, track. I do want to note right before that, after Maggie's Farm, I don't believe you made my love for this song clear before but once again immaculate version of this track say the full can't title, get enough yeah. of it say the whole title 
I don't believe you, comma, or not comma, what is it, parenthesis, uh, she acts like we never have met. Um, just a beautiful version of a beautiful song. It's a song uh, about uh, uh, when... Someone's trying to ghost you. Someone ghosting you. <laughs> and you just ghost them in, re- in response. Well, it's actually in response you write a mean-spirited song about how <laughs> you have been uh, wronged by them. Right. Uh, and uh, on that note, mean-spirited songs about being wronged by presumable women in your past, um, like, <laughs> like like Rolling Stone. Stone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good one. The, I like this song. This one's like real, like you spread like out. Do you like this version? This version. Let's talk about this version. Ian, what does it mean? To, <laughs> you were saying less than nothing when you say you like this song. <laughs> no, it's a good one. You heard this one? Like a Rolling Stone. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, like not that version. Yeah, I I don't know that this version is my favorite of this song. I think we talked about this a little bit on uh, on Budokan. Um, I kind of like what he does does with it later than this and earlier than this both. But this one is sort of it's like a you know it's 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 a baby bear, but like just just not right sort of solution here. It's like not That's far enough. As the yeah, exactly. Well, it feels to me like this version is that he's doing it for a French-speaking audience, and he's doing it very like big, broad, large format, right. big text. He's going and making the seventy millimeter. Yeah, making the words Panavision. He's going. He's going into word art on the computer. He's putting in that big orange block letters. He's going. He's he's doing that to this song. And uh, mm. the French-speaking audience seems to enjoy it. Seems to eat it up like a stinky There's a lot cheese. of, a lot of, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of parts where he goes, Messi, 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 Messi. That seems to be the only French word that he knows. <laughs> well, that's all you need. That's uh, true. Um, and then we got uh, we got I shall be released, which. Beautiful song, beautiful version. Long-time listeners know. I can't get enough of the Budokan cut of I Shall Be Released. Um, I think it's just the the sweetest, most syrupy, smoothest uh, uh, rendition of a song that, you know, never really got the right, uh, you know, kind of glory paid to it on a recorded, you know, official LP release by Bob. We talked a little bit about that on, like, Sidetracks, uh, which is a good version. But this is this is how this song should H- sound. How's this um, one compared to the Budokan one? To it's you? not quite as gussied up, you know, as the Budokan one, uh, kind of on the same same mood as uh, some of the other tracks. But it's it's still in that range. Um, you know, it's still got that beautiful kind of weeping guitar line throughout. Uh, and, the, and the backup singers just, like, taking it to high heaven. It's, uh, I mean, one of the all-time songs. I, I, I love this song. I love this version. Yeah, it's really good. This is when he toned it down a little bit after the. Well, it, yeah, it seems like I mean, it's interesting if we want to make that comparison again, where it's like if this area, this era of the tour, you know, uh, several months hence after Budokan is kind of the equivalent of the hard rain, like second leg of Rolling Thunder. Right. Then uh, it, this one is. Um, I don't know. We when we think of I guess like the second leg of Rolling Thunder, it's got that like sort of more like gypsy vibe where they were all wearing it's, like headdress. Head, yeah, it's the it's headwear. the headscarf version the head instead of the hat thing, version. Yeah, there's hats at first, and then and the face paint, and then there's like the headscarf. And um, in this one, and and the sound gets a little bit even more ragged, maybe on Hard Rain, more just like kind of uh, 
skronked out. Right. And right. Uh, here it's actually, um, it reminds me almost a little bit of like Planet Waves vibes. Like it's a little mm. bit like that sweet spot actually of being kind of like all of those affectations and um, sort of flourishes that you get on Budokan, but with just a little bit more of like a, a workmanlike, just like, let's just do it, hit it, boys, or that type of feeling. Yeah, I kind of see that. The um, like so, sort of the more like gussied up version or the more um, <clears throat> I keep saying gussied up all of a sudden. I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, but the more kind of like smooth, slick songs from Planet Waves, like You Angel You mm-hmm. um, or um, Hazel or something like that. I, I, I definitely see that. Well, speaking of Planet Waves, we got Going, Going, Gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and that's like a really interesting thing to hear because of that. Well, I just reached the place where the spirit kind of low. I don't mind leaving. Baby, I'm not afraid to go. It's one that we uh, we heard on uh, on Budokan, so it's not uh, completely out of left field. But uh, I think I think the sound here is uh, is very nice. There's a nice kind of breakdown, you know, almost like showman like uh, like strut towards the end of this with the backup singers and some noodling on the guitar. Yeah, the guitar is like so tight. I wonder if Dylan was like aware of Steely Dan at all, because some of this feels like a response, <laughs> like an oblique response to Steely Dan. Well, Fagan was supposed to, or not supposed to, but like he, there, there, there's an alternate world in which Fagan was part of Rolling Thunder. Um, My God. Yeah, imagine that. Tiff, do you like Steely they, Dan? Uh, not, well, I've never really listened to Steely Dan. No. Well, That's like another you, nice thing for you that you get to have later. <laughs> I should save that for my 80s. Yeah, you'll like it. For uh, your 80s. <laughs> when you're older. <laughs> Television. Yeah. Tiff, I I, I want to ask, uh, as a, a Lady Bob fan, uh, what is that like? <laughs> In which way? I don't know. I mean, for us, it's like, um, it feels, how would you put it, Ian? Like walking through an immense desert where there's no women? Yeah, yeah. And- well, I guess, yeah, for, you mean like when you meet women, you ask them if they like Bob? Well, it just comes up, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, like in I, dating. In your yeah, life? sure. It, well, sure. you know, nowadays it's, I'm trying to say <laughs> that I have a music podcast. I've learned to say that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I had this brief period where I was on like an internet dating site and I had went on a date with somebody who like, yeah, Bob always comes up. And then he just kept texting me all these like tracks from like blood on the tracks you know have you heard this one and I was like yeah I've heard it you know it just got so annoying and at a certain point I said I wasn't trying to be like a blowhard but I was like I don't you can stop trying to send me Bob music you know I bet 
it seems like most of this is stuff I've heard. And then he was like, challenge accepted. And it was the most annoying thing. Oh my God. He could, you know, I think I just muted or deleted immediately the number, but then I had to update my dating profile to say, please don't ask if I've ever heard shelter from the storm, <laughs> which then just elicited more of that kind of behavior. And then I just oh, had to cancel the whole thing together. That's an incredible type of guy. Just someone who's like trying to flex on a Bob Dylan super fan uh, who like knows all of the deep cut shit and being like, hey, you ever heard Simple Twist of Fate? It's sort of yeah. a sort of yeah, deep cut yeah. you might not be familiar with. <laughs> Yeah. I'm trying to trying to wiggle, wiggle, wiggle myself into some. <laughs> you, so you don't you don't have a very female demographic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right? <laughs> our our listenership uh, statistics, uh, at least according to the uh, the podcast platform, seem seem pretty skewed in one gender direction, unfortunately, uh-huh. which you see but a lot I don't in think the. That it's- I mean, there's got to be outliers. Well, certainly. But like even going to shows, I think like I remember when we were at the Beacon show, I went down to the bathroom at like the bathroom in the basement at one point and there was a line out the fucking door for the men's and the women, it was like women were just going in and out of the women's room. So it's like (laughs) there could not be a more stark kind of like illustration of what this fan base is like instead of just like looking at it with your own physical eyes there. Well, I don't know. Let's. The Bob world can be a little spectrum-y, too, you know? Which oh, yes. Uh, yeah. Bob himself can be a little spectrum I don't need to tell you guys. But. Well, I, I was thinking about um, which fan base has probably the most people on the spectrum, and I was thinking, you know, Bob Dylan might might be up there. Yeah. Then there, but but there, it's so vast too. That, There's that also like the electric, statistics. like Aphex Twin probably has like a, a similar uh, oh, but number, but thinking, like a totally different type of spectrum. I'm talking AI. about like they might be Giants fans. I'm talking about Ween. Oh I'm talking about right. like <laughs> fan bases where it is, um, no, you know, ju- all no judgment being cast. It's just about neurodivergent audiences, just like you yourself, Evan. Yeah. Speaking as a member of the neurodivergent community. Thanks for bringing that up. I have to take Adderall. This is the second episode in a row that we're bringing that up. Are you up, talking apparently. about Adderall usage? Am I what? Oh. Do I have to take it a lot? I mean, I have to, it just makes me, um, you know, do it helps me focus helps on. Focus on the tracks. On Bob Dylan in 1978 <laughs> in Paris on April 8th. Or July. July. You're not focused at all. No, I got to take another Adderall. <laughs> uh, rainy day. Wi- they pull out a rainy day women. Yep. After going, going, gone. Let's just take a moment to appreciate this track list. It's massive. Yeah. It's really epic. It, it's fully 28, 29, 30 songs total, including two encores. Was there a break? In the middle, or there is a break. Yeah, he says you hear this. I, is it after? I think it's after. Um, uh, what was the, what we just talked about? I shall be released. I think it's after that. He says like we're gonna take we're gonna take an intermission. We'll be right back. And then it, like you know the, the I'm music gonna go pop an Adderall in the back. Be right back. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, pro- yeah, probably doing like some nose Adderall. Um, but um, it is kind of funny that he's like doing a like on this like really putting on a show kind of mode like he's literally taking an intermission from like act one into act two yeah like uh like movies of old no. you know where you would have an intermission halfway through the picture no got to change reels um 
But the, then you got, yeah, you got rainy day women and then true love tends to forget. Yes. We got a, a really interesting sandwich here where the top piece of bread is uh, from, <laughs> from planet waves. And then you got some blonde on blonde. And then in on the other side of the bread, you've got a, you got true love sense forget from street legal. That is a, that is a crazy stack. Beautiful metaphor. It's actually not a sandwich at all. The two pieces of bread are different. <laughs> you got like a pumpernickel slice up top. Kind you of got sort of a brioche on the bottom. And then you got a nice big chunk of ground beef there in the middle. Well, let's say it's an open face sandwich you, where you you've got said open face sandwich last on... time. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> My man's got dinner on the brain. Uh Oh, Do we want to talk about any of this? <laughs> yeah, it's dinner time in Los Angeles, California. Or it will be soon. I just got a bedtime reminder on my phone. Gates of Eden. How about how about Gates of Eden? All right. Because you're you must hungry. Be, you must be stumped. Where where are you dialing in from, Tiff? I'm in Athens, Georgia. Oh wow, I'm a beautiful college town down there, home of uh, REM. Dear Great Hunter. local music scene. Yeah. Of I- Montreal. Is Up Montreal uh, from Up Athens? Montreal. The B-52s. Yeah, I think... Whoa, wow. I didn't know I that. Love. The B-52s were in... I have a new favorite Athens band, Nihilist Cheerleader. I mean, they just keep coming. Athens has something in the water. It also produced uh, uh, your gallery. or That's where it is? Well, the gallery gal- started in Los Angeles, it's where the... you are. Give us a little rundown of the sort of history here. I mean, I don't know. Are these Bob guys going to care? <laughs> They can hit the fast forward yeah, button. They can fast forward. Okay. Everybody else who's uh, just interested in interesting stuff can uh, stick around. Okay. The ga- yeah. So the gallery started in LA and then I moved to Athens with the gallery. And now I also have a space in New York. So I go back and forth between New York and Athens. Where in uh, LA was the gallery? It was in Hollywood, um, right around the corner from like Amoeba and, you know, in oh, the sure. former Amoeba. Yeah. Former Amoeba. And- yeah. An area that has been just like On completely road yeah, now, literally is, decimated. Yeah, we we have yeah. There's we used to have the Cinerama Dome and then and Amoeba, and now we have and and Tiffsigfrid's. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have an empty husk of the Cinerama Dome. Uh, Cinerama Dome is gone too. It's gone. It's there, but it's it's closed at the moment. Uh, well, all of the ArcLight theaters shuttered. Yeah, really? I think the dome is supposed to come back at some point. Uh. It better, but they've turned Amoeba into like the the virtual Picasso experience or something. Oh God, that's oh. there. Yep, I would rather see one inch of an actual Van Gogh than see that like one projected very large on the side of a formerly beloved establishment. Awful, that's been gutted. Reject modernity, embrace tradition. Um, what do you what do you think? Uh, also, just since we're uh, on the topic of of, uh, of the art world, what do you think of Bob as as an artiste? Tiff, uh, what his paintings, his sculpture, oh. uh, you know, any well, of, any event, his drawings. Yeah, well, you know, there's this there's this like fear, or well, it's some idea that maybe he he doesn't actually make the paintings that their really Prince makes the paintings. Do you know this artist? No. So Bob Dylan is represented by Gagosian Gallery, which is one of these like mega galleries that Mm -hmm. also represents this artist, Richard Prince, who works with appropriation in his work. And there was a show, I can't remember, let's see, the show in Copenhagen were these Brazil paintings. And then 
it was called the a the asia paintings or asian right you know, it had which were really there was a controversy about his uh potentially of just lifted images from other things oh they're definitely sure. lifted like right look like you can find a photograph that like corresponds to each image but then in the interviews he'll say like or maybe in the press release for the show originally it had said um you know he just like paints when he's on tour all the time like they're all from observation but clearly they're not but richard prince wrote this thing for the new york review of books where he talks about visiting bob's studio but it doesn't look mm. like a studio at all like mm. it it just i don't know i should send you guys the link because it's it seems highly possible that it's well richard prince is sort of infamous for didn't was he not the the one who did those paintings or those that photo series or whatever it was of like people's facebooks or like twitter yeah he just like he just lifts imagery i mean in a way it's like similar to what bob it's exactly does. what bob does what bob i mean it's does. love and love and theft but it's this i mean even if it's not true it's a great idea that richard prince that bob dylan's art is actually this like richard prince project richard prince making as bob believably dylan. like sort of middling art uh that's truly i I want to believe. Well, read this thing about this visit to Bob's studio because he basically is like, there's no materials for making art around in this studio. Like it, it just looks like a studio and that it's a loft. Wow. But, but he's like, but I know he just makes these paintings when he's on tour and he's a busy guy. That doesn't it, make any sense. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't add up. But you sort of read it as this almost like fictional, like purposefully fictional account of oh like, i this is so fishy we're gonna have this to get to the bottom so, of this this is absolutely you this is i'm i'm convinced <laughs> that why would why would such a thing even exist unless there was something there like that like why would bob have this separate painting why would or? why would bob dylan and richard prince even have an acquaintance no yeah exactly because also supposedly larry gagosian the founder of this mega gallery has never been to Bob's studio. You know, like nobody's ever actually seen where these paintings are made. Wow. One of the things in the exhibit, we had an episode about this exhibit um, that is of Dylan's paintings. Oh, the one in artwork. Miami? Retro right. spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And I one of the things- I inquire about a lot of those works. Well, <laughs> that's what I would like to inquire about too, because one of the most interesting things was the this wall of all of the note cards from Subterranean Homesick Blues from the video. Right. And we, yeah, we were trying to and figure I, out if they were reproductions or like, the originals. There are apparently reproductions. And then I was thinking like, I was just trying to imagine Bob Dylan doing that. And he would not, he do would that. not like, do that. Of course. Come not. on. There's no way that he's doing that. Cause they look exactly like the real thing. And uh, now you're just like floating Richard Prince's name in the mix for, you think I, that, that I mean, I got a lot of emails about that show in Miami. You think that they just like licensed his name or something for the show? I mean, it seemed that would be well. The show, if, it, if that happened, then it is like a a a performance artwork on a scale that is kind of mind boggling because Bob Dylan has publicly agreed to make this something that 
by all accounts is deeply personal to him. I mean, some some of it is definitely Bob because like the, that show included like some of his like early sketches like back from the '60s and '70s, yeah. and also like all oh. of the metal the metal work and stuff that he's yeah. done. Which I I mean I guess maybe someone else could be doing that. Bob doesn't but. make draw. I mean, I think that painting on self portrait he made undoubtedly. Yeah. Or actually, yeah. Uh, several years For ago, sure. before this thing in Tulsa opened. I have a friend who's from Tulsa and we were there and we they had a friend that worked at the archive so we got to visit it. Whoa. Before and they had this show at the I guess the have you have you all gone to Tulsa yet? No, not yet. That's cool. You should go. They let you in. They just I mean when I was there I was like I don't know what to, they're like what do you want to look up? But it's really for researchers. You know, I didn't have anything specific Ian and I will just have to both wear white lab coats and uh, <laughs> say that we're there for uh, to take um, measurements. Your next round of Jokerman merch. <laughs> Jokerman lab coats. Yeah, or like something that is really research-based. <laughs> yeah, Jokerman Institute of uh, Bob Dylan. It's just a uh, plain white lab coat, but it has like uh, like self-portraits screen printed on the pocket. Yeah, and a little the little puzzle piece. Yeah. <clears throat> Wow. Well, this is this is a bombshell uh, uh, uncovery here on Jokerman podcast. The the potential uh, that Bob Dylan is not is in the fact greatest performance artist of all time. The author of oh, Bob that's Dylan's always been art. my feeling. He's like an actor. Well, he did have that crazy exhibit that was like fake uh, news, like fake yeah. tabloids, which it was so strange yeah. and actually felt like. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, oh, those weird like really collage kind of things, right? From like ten or fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they now all like of... newspaper covers. Yeah, and there that were a lot one of like that's ugly like how to kind grow of pictures. Baby. Yeah, it's like how to make your baby strong. It's like Strong Baby magazine. <laughs> it was like a baby with like a man's face. I that like is it's... definitely Richard Prince stuff. I mean, that kind of it, looks like yeah. Richard Prince art, basically. I feel it like does. some things uh, like the the contemporary stuff. Like some of that still has to be Bob. Like the railroad scenes, like the the rail, like the sure. tracks. Like I feel like that's still got to be him. I feel like those little drawings that he did to go along with all the lyrics. That also seems like oh, it has to be him. I, I don't think know. you don't think these shows that yes. he does at this one gallery are probably this collab. Or could perhaps be this collaboration. Interesting. Love and theft. Keep your ears to the ground, Jokerman Nation. If you hear anything. Send it our way. Send, and uh, hit us up with a link to that uh, New York Review of Books piece if you got it, Tiff. Oh, yeah. Too. I, I can't awesome. believe I never read that. There's, uh, yeah, you can go down a wormhole if you just Google this theory. This is one of the most fascinating things I think we've ever uh, stumbled upon. How deep Thank does the rabbit hole go? This. this is terrifying and uh, uh, very interesting. <laughs> oh my God. And I don't understand. I can't even begin to understand what the... being nominated miss bob <laughs> yeah you won remember oh i won <laughs> great right um <clears throat> 1978 paris july 8th um, yeah hold on one second oh wow How do you like that? Very impressive. How do you like being on the other side of the harmonica? Uh, it's it's a new experience for me. A little unsettling, to be honest. One more cup of coffee. Blown in the wind. I want you. 
I want you. That's beautiful. That version, I, I just listened to. Very tender, slowed down, yeah. kind of sanguine version. Same, same sort of energy, I think, is uh, tangled. Um, I, I, I love what he does with a lot of his love songs on, on this. is just like really, especially, you know, contrasted against the big raucous band energy behind them. You know, when he wants to really kind of underscore something, he kind of has everyone chill out for a second and really, really brings the focus in. Smart. Um, then we got... They never get too quiet or like too... I don't, I, I, they still have some kind of vim and vigor to them like he's really still putting on a show they do but like this i want you is not the you know just finger snapping you know toe tapping version that you get on no uh, it's on that long, long drawn out version that you hear on on budokan yeah. that sort of star stargazy version yeah one song we don't have on budokan next song senor and he dedicates this to baudelaire baudelaire <laughs> one of those moments where you're reminded that he is in front of an audience of French people. What, what do we think? Why, why does, why does Baudelaire, like what, what, what is making Bob see some sort of connection between Baudelaire and Signor? Have you read any Baudelaire? I haven't, no. Very, uh, lugubrious, mm. very sort of mournful, uh, it's all about the, you know, kind of a, a Poe-like, you know, desolation, desperation in the face of eternity. Something you get a little bit on the song Senor. Senor. You like Senor too? You know, it's one of my lesser 
it's really one of my least favorite Bob songs. Mm. Which I'm so surprised that that was supposedly the most popular song. What was it? The most popular song? I think that was like the most liked song from that album. It's definitely That's one crazy. of the more. Yeah, I think that and Guards and, and Dark Heat are kind of like the, the ones that people are aware of. If they're just like aware of a few street legal songs, maybe among Bob heads, they no, like Senior. I think it was like that when the album came out, people hated it, but they liked Senior. Interesting. Whoa. That's really like interesting. People? I like well, Senior. It's interesting to that you say that because I think both of us used to feel that Senor was kind of like a slog and was we were both kind of bummed we didn't like it and then I think I did come around to Senor before Ian did and it was because Correct. I I think I noticed and realized that the song which is supported by this little Baudelaire shout out that the song has this kind of a reference to like the feeling of his recent uh marital troubles um, that he's sort of in the song asking this person who he doesn't even speak the same language of Senor. ostensibly he's saying like what if where are we going I don't <laughs> this place doesn't make sense to me no more uh-huh. it's a very desperate and sad song that I think when viewed in the context of um, of like a breakup song or like a, a, a song about a relationship it, it is compelling, and I think that's where I started to like turn around on, on this on this particular song. No. thinking about how it has some serious like ambition or like weight behind it that wasn't immediately apparent because you might not be sad when you're first listening to it, <laughs> but if you uh, if it catches you in the right or like wrong moment, you'll you'll be. Uh, also, I hope uh, that moment never comes for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy. Hopefully, too. you always continue to not like Senor because you don't find any sort of personal connection. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I am liking Senor these days. Oh, God. Well, I, is it, does it give you comfort or it helps you go into this? You know how it's nice to scratch a, a, a scab? Yeah. <laughs> It is also I uh, that that's yes uh, that's all I co-sign all of that I, I I was not a senior fan I think when we initially got into street legal and uh, sometime around last fall I think with combination of revisiting street legal also hearing the beautiful rundown rehearsal version from the uh, latest bootleg series release really just made me kind of connect with it and now I think it's one of the strongest songs one of the most like striking songs really on the whole record mm-hmm. totally like like different than everything else that's going on on street legal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Maybe it's because of it being, you know, in the sandwich of street legal. If you guys know sure. That, mm-hmm. that it's kind of. But I think if you, if it wasn't on street legal, I think even the biggest street legal fan who, who finds it to be a bit of a, a bore would miss it. Cause it's kind of this counterpoint. Yeah. You need it that, on the record. It's a different flavor. Yeah, it works. I think on in the context of the record, and then it's it's echoed um, later when you finally get to uh, "Where Are You Tonight," Dark which uh, I, do we get a "Where Are You Tonight" here? Not here. We no. don't. Yeah. Sadly, we don't. Yeah, he but, starts playing um, it later on this tour, but at this point, he had not yet uh, not yet cracked into that one live. But that song, you know, that the whole record has kind of a um, is is sort of a poetic 
exploration of this dissolved relationship in some ways and where are you tonight of course ends with that that line uh what is it again can't believe it can't believe i'm alive but without you just doesn't seem right oh where are you tonight yeah and i mean that's i think that works really well with this song in the middle of the record that's like about feeling lost and uh that's what senior is and it's not necessarily pleasant if you uh, i don't know why it's called tales of yankee power i love that that but it is that's it's a great train that's what he it's something like that, yeah. Uh, the the but, parenthetical is a great bit of like scene setting. Um, well, that's the only other the only other parenthetical song on the record is uh, "Where Are You Tonight." Dark Eat, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in this case it really kind of gives you like a you know it's like it's like writing a short story and like just making it clear that like this that your characters like exist within a broader, deeper kind of world um, by like referencing you know something random that they have on their dinner table or something like that. Like in this case, he's he's like like contextualizing this song and like giving you sort of a mental image to play with while you listen to it. Uh, this version also should be said beautiful, fantastic. Um, a very dramatic, you know, pretty again honest to the the original recording, um, but a little more edged up, a little more, a little more, um, a little edgier, a little little harder. Uh, There's a nice mandolin work, you know, almost shades of Rolling Thunder uh, yeah, to this to this sound. All over the record, actually, yeah, uh, all over this show. This recording, the... yeah, definitely a little more, you know, traveling gypsy uh, since then, uh, you know, Vegas Review uh, by this point. Um, mm-hmm. Backing singers kill it on this also. They are just out of this world. Senor, two thumbs up, three stars. Wow. You guys have almost told me that. Just walked all over your opinion. <laughs> now it just sounds so painful, though. If I have to connect with it, I'm going to have to. Yeah. I recommend just continuing to live your life as is, where Senor becomes a, a you know just another song, and uh, you, it's fine. For what yeah, it's, it's worth, fine. I have managed to grow to love Senor while my life has just continued to just been great. go great and get yeah. even oh. better. So yeah, it's possible. Up, you know, <laughs> yeah, you can still like Senor even if you're. Um, uh, next song <laughs> is Masters of War. Um, you know, we throw Masters of War into the mix mm-hmm. here. This is what can we all just maybe we can all agree that a a sort of like jazzed up Masters of War is kind of shitty most of the time. Yeah, I I think it's less to do maybe? with the jazzed up version and more to do with Masters of War, just like not really like not really holding up at this point. Uh, I think it holds up, but like it's so it's so intense of a message that like it just feels like you play around with it too much. You're like kind of spilling it Mel. a little bit Mel. did he play that throughout the whole tour or that was he more? did uh he yes he did yeah the the one that's kind of unique here that do we already talk about it but um he plays um uh gates of eden uh, we, at one point we missed here. gates of eden did we miss <laughs> gates one of more eden? cup of cu- we have, we skipped a ton of stuff oh, we, well you know we're rolling true loves tends to forget of Eden. Relationships of ownership they whisper in the wind. To those condemned to act accordingly and wait for succeeding king. The man
man and me, which is interesting in that it has a lot of lyrical changes. One more cup of coffee. Blown in the wind. How many rooms? everybody here. Sure is, yeah. This is like the perfect um, thing for people who can't agree on their favorite period of Bob. That's exactly right, yeah. It's, this is a real, like, kind of, uh, this, is, this is like when you go to the Cheesecake Factory and you get the appetizer sampler platter, you get the Southwest egg rolls, and you get, and, That's exactly like that. and you get the, let it, the chicken lettuce wraps, and you get the loaded potato skins, and you get the onion, like, something for everyone at the table. Wow, we don't have that here in Athens, Georgia. No cheesecake factory in Athens, Georgia. No, no. You are missing no. out. Ian, when was the last time you went to a cheesecake? <laughs> yeah, factory? like a decade ago. Actually, like, like two thousand, probably like four years. I think I went to the cheesecake factory at the Grove in like twenty eighteen, maybe. When you're back here, we should go. Perfect. After the after the Bob shows, uh, folks, uh, meet up at the cheesecake factory at the Grove. At the Grove, yeah. <laughs> Drinks on meet us. Meet up at meet up at Dupar's at the Grove. Yeah. Oh, that would be a great vibe. Just just go to the Grove. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll just be there. We'll be walking around. We'll be on the trolley. We'll wave to you. It'd be great if Bob performed at the Grove. Oh yeah, Bob at the Grove. Yeah. Have you done an episode about the Christmas album? We have. Have, you, have we done an episode about the Grove? <laughs> we did it. We did the Christmas one, um, of which that was our yeah, first. Must be Santa. That was our first Christmas oh, I surprise. Love that. It's a big standout. Yeah, and Retrospectrum was our second Christmas surprise. We're gonna have to come up with a new Christmas surprise this year. Well, I think the new Christmas surprise will be a different. It'll be a different artist. Oh yeah. Probably. Well, or maybe it'll be back. To, maybe maybe we'll have a sequel to to Christmas in the Heart. Christmas in the brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Uh, let's keep this. Just like a woman? Yeah, just like a woman. You know, it's... Uh, ha, ha, Tiff, ha, just to, to borrow your, your feminine perspective uh, once more, this is a song that, that many have charged, you know, has, has a degree of latent misogyny to it. How do you feel about Just Like a Woman? Um, I don't... I mean, I've never felt particularly offended by it. See, I'm looking at the list here now and seeing that the next song is to Ramona, mm-hmm. which is my mm-hmm. daughter's name. And oh, I I'll love that. This when, when I was going through, I just like looked through like a list of all, all the female names in Bob songs. It didn't mm-hmm. have to be like a title of song, but yes, yeah, some of them are like, you know, a little meaner than others. Right. Hmm. Um, Ramona is not a mean song. Just yeah. like a woman, I guess it doesn't seem, I don't know, 
just like a woman breaks like a little girl. Yeah, the breaking like a little girl part, I think, is the is the part that some uh, folks, not us necessarily, but some folks are a little uh, uneasy with these days. Yeah, they would say it's demeaning to the to the woman uh, in in question, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's a tender observation, you know, of somebody. It's like, true. You know, there it could be said for a man too. That's a great point. Just, oh, oh, yeah. Just like a little girl. You're like a woman. You're like a little girl. <laughs> doesn't mean that you literally are one. It is about a man, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> just I'm like, going AJ Weberman mode. Just like Jet yeah. Pilot. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Just like a woman. Ram- the Ramona version here also should be said. Like, that's one of my all time favorite Bob songs. Probably like my favorite. Really? Yeah, just like favorite acoustic song, like uh, 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 out of everything up until Bring It All Back Home. I think that's number one for me because um, it's just such a version. Uh, the live version where he's, I think it's like he's performing and then he brings Jerry Garcia on stage. I don't think so. No. Oh, it's so oh. beautiful. It's like he's in San Francisco and he's like, now we have a very special guest for you. And he's like, he's you might have heard of him. He plays in a band around town. Thank you. Well, I don't even know exactly what to say here. That we, <laughs> different people have been coming down to the theater every night so far. And this is night is no exception, I guess. Anyways, if, <laughs> keep uh, um, there's a young man I know. You know who he is. I've played with him a few times before. I'm a great admirer and fan of his and supporter of his group all the way. Jerry Garcia. You're gonna play with us, uh, Key of C. Whoa! What year is that? Um, I had to find it when I when Ramona was born. People just started sending me like all their favorite versions. Of wow! So I had a whole kind of backlog. That's so sweet. Oh, Do you have like how many people are in in your circle are like? The ones who would do that. Like, I have my own little circle of Bob friends, yeah. Well, yeah, I forwarded you that new pony from the rehearsal. Who sent you that? That's from a Bob friend. Well, I have this okay. Bob friend who, he's a science fiction writer, but he, he, he was like the first person to introduce this concept of like Dylanologist to me. Mm. He called himself a Dylanologist. I met him when I was pretty young. And... Uh, he wrote this essay about street legal. I should send that to you guys. Whoa. Yeah. But Speaking I do have like like weird little, pop, but they're all men, actually. I don't have any. Interesting. Except for this new friend who goes to these shows with me. She's, you know, just tearing through all the songs. Wow. I see this version of Ramona here. 1980, Bob with Jerry in oh, San Francisco, November 16th, no 1980. 1980. That is, that is pre, I can't believe we've never seen, this is like primo Joker man shit. See, this is what's great about Bob Dylan wow. and the Bob Dylan community is even freaks like you and I, Evan, even at this late date are finding just beautiful nuggets of gold that we had absolutely no idea about from other members of our Bob Dylan community. Does it get, any, right. does it get any better, folks? The answer is no. Wow. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, well, we're going to have to give that a spin here uh, when we wrap this up. Is, uh, yeah, all along the Watchtower. Yeah. People just next. send you guys uh, links all the time. Uh, well, it's kind yes. of just, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we love it. It's a link to 
opportunity. It's uh, you know, it's a uh, it's it's a responsibility we that we put ourselves into the line of fire. We asked for this on some level. Yeah, we've brought it upon ourselves. It is not something we can complain about because we have willingly stepped foot into a realm that is full of people who would do such a thing, who would send Bob Dylan stuff to us all the time. Mm-hmm. And that is that is where we reside until we... But do you guys uh, get a lot of stuff like this guy who just sent me all the songs where you're like, yeah, obviously we know this, or you, you get... No, a lot of these people are... I think the people who listen to the show, to their credit, to everyone's credit in Jokerman Nation... And to you, Tip, it's like people like we are all like minded. And that's kind of what keeps us going on this uh, thing that we do, I guess, uh, on some level is this feeling that like, no, it's not just infinite hordes of people who only like desire. Uh, It is actually people who like um, Christmas in the heart. Yeah. Christmas in the heart. I've been yeah. delighted to see the Under the Red Sky Revisited just came out today. I've been delighted to see folks popping up with the Under the Red Sky appreciation on online. It's beautiful. That, yeah. That's that's an element that I didn't even know was there. And I'm happy. I'm so thrilled to know that it exists. Uh, yeah. On that note, I should also just, uh, I've been meaning to say this on the show. Uh, we do love to get the results, or excuse me, the, the links and, and new uh, nuggets from everyone out there. Uh, the Daniel Romano and the uh, the plugs uh, infidel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we've, yeah. we, we've seen we've that one, that. folks. So we've gotten that we appreciate it. Times. We love it. It's very good music. It's very cool. Don't send it to us anymore. <laughs> yeah, don't send it to us anymore. Oh, that's been sent it. to me before. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we it's sent to us um, bi-weekly. Yeah, about once say. every two weeks. Um, which again. Great stuff. Very cool. Very Jokerman uh, type yeah. project. But uh, never forgot about it the first time. <laughs> always, always on my mind. Uh, all I really want to do, we've we've circled back around. We were talking about this last episode. Uh, this is that sort of, if you have your children with you, I don't care how old they are. I don't care how much they hate Bob Dylan. They'll probably be clapping and smiling yeah. to this. They're up on their feet. They're dancing around. It's this one and Man Gave Names to All the Animals. Those are, these are the two most popular Bob Dylan children's songs. Okay, maybe how old they are does factor in <laughs> slightly. This song makes you feel the enthusiasm of a child. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It makes you feel forever young. Oh, yeah. Next song, Forever Young. We've got It's All Right, Ma, after All I Really Want to Do, then Forever Young. Then the that's the end of the show. Encore is Changing of the Guards. There it is. And it introduces, after that, you know, uh, an interesting wrinkle to our Change trilogy. Because it reminded me that, you know, that Changing of the Guards is followed by the times there are changing. That's true. And I realized that the Change Trilogy is really more of a quadrilogy. Wow. Because we didn't even think about Changing <laughs> oh of the God. Guards. And you've got Changing of the Guards. We're, re- we're rewriting Jokerman lore on the fly. Incredible. We're retconning the Change Trilogy into the, <laughs> the Change Quadrilogy. The Change Series, if you will. Uh, uh, it's a great Changing of the Guards, uh, as you would expect. 
from anything from this era, like the centerpiece crown jewel of the street legal moment. Third time ever played live, this this version right here. First time ever played was uh, an earlier night in Paris. He played it for the first time July 5th, second time July 6th, third time the show July 8th. Wow. So the, the, the three consecutive first times, this is the third in a row, the third time played. Yep. So right there, right there at the beginning. Uh, and then he really made this sort of like a centerpiece of the tour um, for the rest of the year, uh, there's that insane version that we've talked about before uh, from the Los Angeles show, which audio fidelity wise is pretty shitty, but is just you know is just out of this world. Um, he was closing all his shows with this, uh, you know, on the on the last leg of the tour back in the states, and then just put it away forever. December 16, 1978, last time played. That's it. It came and it went. Well, that's that's it. That's the end of the night. That's it. Times they are changing. Wraps up. Uh, au, au revoir, as they say over there in uh, in Gay Perry. Au revoir. Au revoir. Any uh, any closing thoughts on Bob Dylan, nineteen seventy eight, Paris? Everybody sounds happy and thrilled in Gay Perry. Exactly. They do. Truly gay. Because at the end of the day, it's Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. Et Bob Dylan. Thank you so much for joining us, Tiff. Oh, thank you for having me. Would you mind saying Jokerman for us, Tiff? I say, oh, Jokerman? Yes. That's good? Or, maybe oh, maybe one more. Jokerman? Um, Jokerman? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. We'll, okay. we'll make it work. <laughs> make it more of a question. The Mona, come closer, shot softly, your watery eye. The flowers of the city, the breadline getting dead like a time. And there's no use in trying to deal with the dying, though I cannot explain that in life. You crack country lips, I still wish to kiss ass to be by the touch of your skin. Than no one, and no one is better than you.